podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Let's get ready to rumble! Hello everybody and welcome. It is the Anfield Index Face-Off Fan Reaction. I'm your host, Kay. We are reporting after the game in which we hosted Newcastle. A fairly decent regulation 2-0 win, which is something we're saying about the Reds an awful lot since January. It's been it's been quite nice. It's been quite nice. We're not very used to this. I've got two fans to discuss this with me on the Newcastle side. You've heard him on the show before and on Harry Sethi's show, obviously, as well. Is a very warm welcome back to Jacob Jackman. How are you, Jake? Yeah, good. <laughs> how how are you feeling after the result yesterday? Yeah, well, it it was to be expected, wasn't it? Um, I think any team going to Anfield at the moment is gonna gonna struggle. And as much as as much criticism as we've got for the way we played, and and the lack of any sort of positivity, it was it was to be expected, I think. And uh, yeah, it's, I'm more annoyed about the other results at the bottom than I am about our one. So yeah, it's to be expected. We just wrote this one off, and hopefully we look forward to to the two home games we're coming up against Southampton and Huddersfield, which mm. are a lot more important in in the mm. scheme of our season. Mm. No, definitely. I, I, I mean. Just put a pin in that point. I'm going to come back and ask you about that because that just seems so silly. Um, but anyway, the, the Liverpool supporter is basically my regular on here. My brother from another mother. How are you, Guy Drinkle? I am good, Kate. And just a point: uh, Chelsea probably played worse than Newcastle did yesterday against Man City. So, so this is the thing, right? I mean, <laughs> like, I, let's start off for that, guys. Let's start off with that. I mean, I, I think Guy, you know my response to this, but like, Jake, what's your response? Because like. What is Newcastle supposed to do in this, you know, game plan wise? I mean, would you, are, are Newcastle fans looking at the way Benitez set up tactically? And I mean, are they actually unhappy at, at what's gone on there? I don't think the fans are. I think that we, 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 we quite like what Benitez is doing. We quite like these players. We know that we've got some, some deficiencies in talent and that's probably why we have to play this way. And yeah, it's, it's not, I don't think the fans are annoyed at all. It's just sort of a media agenda that's sort of been picked up. It happened against mm. Manchester City. It's happened again now. And, and and like I said, the Chelsea probably played worse than us today. I've actually got the stats up here. Uh, both both Liverpool and Manchester City had 71% possession. Liverpool had 14 shots. Man City had 13 shots. Newcastle had seven shots. Chelsea had three shots. Like, it, it's not that different. If anything, Newcastle did slightly better and offered a little bit more than, than Chelsea did. And they have a... The, the talent... The difference between Chelsea and Manchester City is a lot less than what it is between Newcastle and Liverpool at the moment. So it's it's not that bad for me. I mean, I think Liverpool had three shots on target yesterday, which I think is probably the the fewest you've had at Anfield for a long time, I'd, I'd guess. So it, mm. I, I think we did pretty well. Um, it was a bit annoying to concede the goal when we did, and it, we gave it away pretty cheaply in the build-up to that. So if we'd gone in at nil-nil at half-time, it's, it's one of those games that maybe that the pressure starts to build and, you know, it gets a, the atmosphere mm. gets a bit tense. And I think that's what Benitez was going for, something like that, and try and nick a goal later on. It, we, 
of course he's going to try and win the game. He wasn't like, was it somebody was on talking about how Newcastle weren't even trying to win the game. And it was really, I think it was Steve McManaman who was on the uh, commentary for BT Sport. But you're saying that Newcastle didn't want to win the game. I'm sure they did. I'm sure we went there with a plan and we, we tried to carry that out, but we just conceded at a, a poor time. And, you know, on another day, you never know what's going to happen. But the, nine times out of 10, we were going to lose that game. And it's, I think in the way it happened, 2-0, the goal difference at the bottom, we've, I think we're one of the better ones out of the team sort of fighting at the bottom. So you have to sort of take that into consideration as well because it, it is really tight down there and it could go down to goal difference and Benitez is aware of that, which is why we mm-hmm. quite often mm-hmm. set up like this against top 16s. And I just, like, I'm, I'm thinking, because Guy, I don't know if you saw that little thing that I think it was Sky Sports had on, but, like, um, we are a Liverpool podcast. We're going to have a little bit of a dig at the ev respectfully, but there was a little thing that, like... Uh, um, Sam Allardyce's team, you know, shots on targets and whatnot like that. And just the, the five or six different stats. And they were like 20th, 20th, 19th, 20th, 20th in the league or something <laughs> like that. Like they're doing really badly. But nobody will say about them. Nobody will say about like a Steve Bruce team or an Alan Pardew team, you know, anything like that. These like, I'm not even referring to nationality, just these stalwarts of the Premier League management circles, sort of. Um, nobody will say of them, like you have come here and you're not even tried to win. They walk away with a point, then somebody's going like, "Oh, that's that's brilliant!" You know, they've done really, really well. It like I don't know what, for you, what was Newcastle supposed to do? I mean, are Newcastle supposed to throw caution to the wind and attack us willy nilly? Are they supposed to play a moderately open game against Liverpool that thrives against moderately open teams? Well, we are. Well, let's put it this way: Liverpool, the only team who have gone toe to toe with Man City and actually beat Man City in the league. That that's how good our attack is. We we have an attack that can match up with the best team in the world at the minute. Newcastle are a team that's. I, I don't want to be disrespectful, but it's mainly consisted up of probably championship players who Rafa Benitez has organised to be a very good, uh, not very good. Um, an okayish Premier League team that's still that's still in a relegation fight, and there's a couple of good players. I mean, Lascelles is probably definitely a Premier League player. Uh, Marino's talented, Shelby's talented, but lacks discipline. Um, and then a couple of lower like players. Perez, yeah, that, yeah. yeah. There's, there's, I like ta- Perez, there's talent there, but I think I, I think I've heard you on other podcasts, Jake, say it's ma- it's mainly a Championship team. Um, it, what do you meant to do? Open up, just. Let the let the fullbacks go gung ho. Let the midfield go go just go wild. Let the, let the wingers go. It did get smashed eight nil, and that's not being that's not hyperbole. If they if they try to come at us, we could literally put double figures past teams like Newcastle and lower team teams lower down the league. And and the point about Sam Allardyce and Pardew and stuff like that is because they're mates with the media. They they give they give the interviews and stuff like that. And I think Rafa Benitez is media. Uh, reputation and relationship has obviously been frosty since his Liverpool days. Um, he's never really got on with him, uh, to my to my knowledge. Anyway, he seems to get on with the local press, but not really the the, the main press. Um, but no, what else is he meant to do? And as Jake said, um, goal difference can be very important. I mean, we've I think we beat teams like Brighton by four goals. Um, Oh God! We've been... Yeah, Brighton Hove Velvet today because I was watching the Arsenal game. That was that was nice. Yeah, and <laughs> well, telling, like, we, yeah, I think we put five to them. And... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it can it can make a difference, and that that's not just goal difference. If you get smashed by five goals, it obviously dent confidence as well. And as Jake said, um, they've got 
two big games coming up. So, yeah, I'm sure they don't want to get smashed before they go play them two teams. Um, but, yeah. And I don't know weird. if these people have met Rafael Benitez. Like, I mean, this is what he specializes in. He took a relatively crap Liverpool team and won the fucking Champions League with it. I mean, you know, <laughs> think back to that team. And, and what we did was we stopped other teams playing. You know, that was all the talent in the team could do that, stop the players stop the opposition players from playing and then nick one or two you know as you go down like that's and he's he's setting up the blueprint there at newcastle well, but i mean we, well k we we had uh, I'm, I'm not sure who you had in south africa but gerard was on the pundit team um over here and he was talking about the champions league run and how it's like a similar situation for newcastle um Mm. We obviously played Juventus, Chelsea, and then AC Milan as the underdog. He kind of said that's what Rafa Benitez is. He's he's an under underdog manager, and uh, I think he kind of translated that quite well to Newcastle's situation. So it was quite an interesting point. Mm. Mm. So for you, Jake, Newcastle, how they set up? All the talk, as you would have heard from commentary, was just on this Newcastle back five. Um, I mean, that was fairly what, uh, as much as Newcastle fans were sort of expecting, have a back five, um, back them up with um, with sort of, especially if Gale is not to be isolated, maybe he can come back into the midfield and just make it a, a little bit more harder for Liverpool's midfield to sort of get things going. But um, how did Newcastle fans react to the initial lineup and setup from Benitez? I thought it was a little bit more positive than... Um... The actual lineup's a little bit more positive than I expected. You had Murphy, Kennedy, and um, Atsu starting, which is quite fluid um, a formation. I don't think he's really played those three together. That was interesting. I would have okay. expected Perez to play um, instead of one of them because he's sort of quite good at closing down from the front. He works very hard. He's sort of very. I think we're a lot better with him in the team than without. So that was, that was interesting. And I thought maybe we'd offer a little bit more on the counter attack. We didn't really. We had a few opportunities where we did uh, get Atsu and, and Murphy and Kendi on the ball. They didn't, didn't really get to do much with it, which is I, probably Rafa's game plan was to have those those three do a little bit more when they had the ball and and they didn't get to do that, which is a little bit disappointing. But it was it was interesting. It was good to see Marino come back in, but uh, I don't think he had his best game and, and he sort of struggled since his injury, which is a little mm. bit a bit of a worry. Um, but. Yeah, I thought it's the first 30 minutes. I thought went really well for us. I thought we defended really well. Uh, Dummett had a few good tackles on Salah. I think that was that was that was quite important. Um, and there was a lot of times when Liverpool were sort of giving the ball away cheaply, and I, ha- I haven't seen that from you recently. So we definitely unsettled settled you. And I think in in seasons gone past, this, this is probably the type of game Liverpool would have would have dropped points in. Um, it's, it's that type of game with teams sitting deep and, and soaking it in and then nicking a goal. So for you guys, I think it's quite encouraging that you didn't drop points in this because it's it's it is one you would have done in the past and that's why you've not, not really been that top three team that mm, maybe you wanted to mm. be so i mean it, i thought after the first 30 minutes i thought we had a real chance but it's uh, maybe underestimated this liverpool team and how much they've grown in in spirit under Klopp just to sort of keep going at it which is something that hasn't really been a case for the last few years so but for, for newcastle it really i think it went not, yeah. no it hasn't <laughs> but for, yeah i think i'm not i'm not gonna criticize anything that we did we We've, like we said, we had a, a huge talent difference. We've got a pretty limited squad, and that is exactly what we we're going to do. And we did offer after the goal. I think just before half time, we had a bit of a threat. Diarmi had that that shot that Carrius made quite a good save. If uh, off if that goes in just before half time, it probably changes it a little bit. But you know, you're not going to get many chances at Anfield if we we're going to set up like we did. And the ones we did get did have, we didn't take. So. Mm, mm. And for you guys. 
any any complaints or you know anything like that about how we set up and how tactically we look to to be getting on it seems to be getting a bit of a regulation thing around anvil at the minute these teams and and i suppose i suppose the results are helping <laughs> so there's no whining and stuff beforehand yeah absolutely i mean if you if you're in such a good uh, run of form you, i don't think you can complain at all my my only worry was emre chan who's obviously on a booking uh or on yeah. the yeah. one booking away from a suspension but um with Ginny, as, as klopp delicately put it had diarrhea <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> Um, him being out uh, Milner having his knock um, I think Chan had to play um, but he he was very disciplined and that was that was good to see I mean I think if you tell Chan not to get booked he won't get booked but if you don't he'll just be a madman and that's that's probably why he's in nine bookings um, but yeah that, that that was probably my only worry but the rest of the team I think it kind of picks itself at the minute and uh, the, well, the front three always picks itself, and the mid, the midfield's probably got more question mark. But I think the defence is getting getting to that stage where it kind of picks itself apart from right centre back, which just seems to change every week for for no apparent reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, certainly. Uh, and I think the midfield guy, I think there's always going to be somebody having question marks about it, basically, just because. Uh, I don't know. A midfield yeah. is is not full of specialists. It's not. Well, it's not like seen, the best. We've seen, we've seen it today, haven't we? I mean. I mean, Henderson, we'll obviously talk about performances later on, but Henderson's getting criticism, Chan's getting criticism. Mm. They both mm. had good games. If Genie played, you would definitely the, have got yeah, criticism. Yeah, I think both the, the proper sentiments played pretty well. <laughs> they didn't do anything, like, amazing, and they didn't do anything, like, drastically bad, but yet you see people saying one was crap, one was good, one was amazing, one was shit. It's... Um, it's it, it's Liverpool fans are weird. I, mean, I can't really say because I'm, I'm I'm the Alberto Moreno person, so I can't really talk. But there is there is people there are there are some camps in Liverpool fandom, and it's a bit weird. Yeah, no, certainly. Yeah, Jake, if we go on to how the game started, you said for the first half an hour, um, I do like Newcastle set up. I didn't think it was a parking the bus as people, you know, especially the media was, was sort of putting it. There were certainly, um, you know, a, a back five and line of four in front of that. And at times, Gale was isolated. But the difference was when Liverpool lost the ball, there was, you know, there was quite an ethic to get behind the ball, to start passing and try to move it. Um, to midfield and try to get that going. There seemed to be quite an energy around that, especially for the first half an hour. And I mean, even beyond that, even I thought even beyond the goal, um, there was a real sort of dedication to just stopping Liverpool moving, stopping Liverpool having all these shots that that they sort of normally do. Yeah, definitely. I think um, that's been quite a common theme for Newcastle this season. Um, I don't think you'll find a team in the league that puts in as much effort as we do and maybe that's that's a little bit biased but I think it's 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 what we've had to be because we haven't had the 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 players come in that Rafa wanted during the summer we've had to you know run harder uh, and we I think we've got the lowest average possession uh, percent possession in the league which which looks bad and, and Rafa spoke about it he says we're not a team we're not a defensive team we're a team that has to defend which is it's probably true he probably doesn't want to he doesn't want to play this way but he, he sort of has to with the players he's got available but we do we do I, I can never fault any of these players for a lack of effort and I think if we did go down it's not going to be as as dis- disappointing as previous seasons because that has been down to to a lack of effort it's been down to players not performing uh, and players just wanting to leave for bigger clubs and, and only showing up 
in the big games, whereas these players, they they do show up every single game, and, and I just can't fault them for that. that is, and that is mm. why I still, I'm still really confident we will stay up. We've just got the, the desire that maybe some of the other teams, like Stoke and 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 Swansea and West Ham maybe don't have at the bottom, whereas we have have that real desire and, and team spirit. And it's it is evident even even in games that we lose, we do like even after the second goal, you didn't see any, any of our players stop running. There's still a lot of closing down, still trying to mm. make things happen. Still, it, there was no change in in performance, which is is what Raf has brought to us. And I think if if we did stay up and we did spend a little bit more money, you'd see us really really move up that table because we've been close to it in a lot of games we've dropped a lot of silly points it, it's just a lot of we just don't have the talent to maybe see games out and, and get the second third goals when we need to get them and i think there's just but but talent uh um work rate rise uh wise i can't criticize anything and it, there's i think you know when we got relegated last time there was a the famous banner that was seen that was sort of we don't demand a team that wins that we demand a tw- team that tries um mm. sort of about newcastle being deluded and wanting champions league football which isn't really the case but i think now we've got that and that's why you don't really see supporters complain that much you, I, you would struggle to see many newcastle fans really call, calling benitez out or, or criticizing any of these players because none of them really deserve it though doing really well and I think that performance is although we lost 2-0 is not a bad result and field all things considered and we can we can take some positives from the game so yeah I think it's I think you know, I just can't criticize them for that and I think that's why maybe I think maybe if you, I don't I don't I didn't see the the Liverpool West Ham game but there might have been a, a slight difference there with the, you didn't see when you played us sort of in, in work rate wise I don't know yeah, definitely and I don't think anybody could fault the performance of this Newcastle team uh, it was like you know, you played right to the end. On paper, I mean, given what's happening recently, they, the way Liverpool have been playing, really, some people would have thought that the scoreline would have been far bigger and that we would have had a far easier time of it. So um, I certainly think that is an, a good way of looking at it from Rafael Benitez to say like, okay, let's, you know, we have to keep this to as minimum damage as possible. Um, hopefully we can get a draw out of it maybe even nick something but if we lose there's a way to lose and what we are more bothered about really is concentrating on the teams around us and you know the future games and that's the focus of this game it's not really you know for this game this game is we can we can sort of take it or leave it it's it's more um it's more sort of almost like a dead rubber we just it's other games that so now I, i mean i like that and i don't think I don't think anybody who's really paying attention to the game will really fault Newcastle, to be honest. I think it's just people who want something to say about it. It's, it's just the media who, who saw what happened at uh, at Man City and and see a dead horse and, you know, <laughs> um, want to flog it, really. But uh, a guy from our perspective, we start the game. And it's been a very long time, I realized, guys, since I've complained about the tempo and how how we start and how we apply ourselves right from the get-go. We get onto the front foot quite quickly. We try to get control of the game, at least in terms of pressing and transition uh, fairly early on. And we did have a couple of um, of decent opportunities, I could say. Well, not decent, but we had a couple of opportunities. Um, Mane fails to capitalize on the Miss Lascal header. And uh, there was the Salah shot, nice volley, but it's you know straight to the keeper, the Lovren double header and stuff like that. These were you know they were good chances, but they weren't they weren't open you know open chances. Did you did you have a fear that it was going to be a pretty long day? Um, no, I, I think this good vein of forms kind of made me more patient, um, which 
from last season was just completely gone. I mean, last season, if we if we didn't score straight away, we knew that game was either ended nil nil or we were losing. Um, but this season, I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty more, I'm I'm much more trusting of the team. Um, I, I wasn't that worried if I'm being honest. Um, but it, it it you could see you could see the players were getting not frustrated, but just they didn't stuff wasn't coming off and I think once the first goal happened I think we I think we were always going to win but the the problems were that we, all, all our attacks and stuff were kind of coming from the di- from the deep midfield I mean you, ha- you had Chan passing long balls mm-hmm. to uh, Salah the, the looped, yeah the, a lot of those looped balls into the box yeah. yeah that was kind of our main outlet and then you had Henderson doing a couple um diagonals Van Dyke doing a couple diagonals um it was all very it was all very like long passing kind of stuff uh, we kind of we kind of missed the person the the middleman and i think that i think that's mm. we were kind of, ox was kind of doing the ginny thing where he's being invisible for the for the first 30 35 minutes and then obviously the goal happened and then ox kind of exploded into the game and improved after but yeah i think i think our, i think our issues in terms of breaking them down it kind of just came that Ox wasn't really performing and until until he did, and then I don't think the fullbacks were having the best game going forward. We we weren't really spreading the play. Obviously, them playing five at the back was kind of limiting that. But we saw the game against West Ham where Robertson was basically the outlet that we had. We, it wasn't it just wasn't the same game. Robertson and Trent were were uh, very limited in what they were doing and what they were allowed to do. So it was all very centered around the middle and then we were expecting a wonder pass from mainly Chan. Uh, I think he I think he was basically our main out out ball till the um, until the goal. So yeah, it was kind of all a bit too too hit and hope kind of thing for me. Um there was a couple of nice passes but it it it, it was never it would have to be like a hundred percent right to come off and that, that was the main problem. Mm. And then I'll I'll stay with you guy because the Salah goal happens about 39 minutes. It just seems like, I mean, we have to mention Ox again for this goal because uh, a lot of really good work from him to, to set up the goal. It just seems like you get Ox in and around th- that forward area and it just seems to, he sort of seems to come to life. And I wonder if you have an opinion on his sort of best position and uh, on him in the midfield versus a little bit further forward and, and uh, you know, his effectiveness in either of those positions. But, I mean, the Salah goal comes at a, at a really... Uh, sort of timely, um, timely point in the game, and um, yeah, n- like again, nice finish from Salah. Yeah, ju- just on Ox, I think his best position is. Uh, I don't think he can either define it as like a number ten or a centre mid. I think Ox's best position is wherever the space is, because I think you saw. I think you saw it in the in the first thirty nine minutes. He, he wasn't really getting involved because he had no space. But obviously, then the ball broke. Um, after it bounced um, between Henderson and the Newcastle player, I can't remember who it was, um, and then he, then he was obviously in like 15 yards of space, and that's kind of when it just it just kind of clicked in his head, and he started driving at the defence. So I think we've just got to get Ox into space. I mean, we just got to tell him you're in midfield. Um, Chan and Henderson, or whoever's in midfield, are going to do most of the defending. You just find the pockets of space and then drive at the defence. I think that's the best thing we can do at him do with him and I think that's what he did he obviously just he, he'd run ran about I don't know 20 odd yards and then nice pass to Salah and well Salah Salah's not going to miss through the keeper's legs lovely finish what else can you say it was just a very nice kind of fortunate goal because we, we got the look of the bounce but 
once it once it fell to Ox, that was definitely going in because he, he was just marauding. Um, after mm. that moment, it it was very nice to see and um, Ox, after a quiet start to his Liverpool career, I mean he's starting to show much, a bit of form um, after his after his quiet spell after sit after the City game. So it's nice to see Ox um, performing again. Mm, mm. He's got quite a few assists. I think his most productive season in the Premier League in terms of goals and assists. So that's going well. Uh, no, this seems another stick to beat Bengo with, but uh, I think we're just happy that he's performing. Uh, Brighton, just performing did that, here at Liverpool. Brighton just did that case, so we don't need to bring that up. <laughs> we don't need to do it. Okay. Uh, Jake, from your perspective on that goal, do you have any sort of real qualms from the from a Newcastle perspective defensive-wise? Not really. I think... Um, like I said, it was a bit lucky with a bounce, the bounce, but you know those things happen. I did think there was, um, I don't think there's there a lot of fault. I mean, if I've I've said it before, if if you if you want to analyze every single goal, you'll find a fault somewhere along the line. But it's mm. it's a little mm. bit boring mm. to do that. I think um, if you're going to go to Anfield, you're going to concede chances. If you're going to, especially given given the difference in 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 the abilities of the two sides, you're we we were going to concede chances. We needed the the luck, or maybe the keeper making a few good saves, or or Liverpool not putting their chances away, but but you did that, the, the good ones that came your way. So, no, I, I don't think I want to really criticise anybody on that goal. It's it's just one of those things that happens when you go to a big team, you do concede chances, and unfortunately that one got taken. Mm-hmm. And then not very long after, but on the stroke of half-time, Jake, Diame unleashes just a shot you've mentioned already, but it seemed top corner bound. I mean, that shot goes in right at half-time, and then... I mean, especially given that Liverpool could only really muster another, you know, one more goal throughout the whole game. And Liverpool's whole thing, uh, which we'll talk about later, and how Klopp was, I thought was actually pretty irritated at the team. I thought he wasn't happy with the Liverpool performance across the full 90 minutes. But that shot from Diama goes in and you you kind of sort of feel that the game changes a little bit. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's at that point in the game where, you know, a goal does change everything just before half time you know we going in one nil down was was disappointing if we would have got that goal then it would have would have really raised morale it would have got the players up and maybe disheartened both both the Liverpool players and, and the, the supporters there so you know it's it would have made a huge difference but it was a really really good save um from Karius who's obviously had a lot of stick this season but he, he seemed seems to be doing well now and that was a, that was a really good save and that that was our best chance it wasn't really a great great chance at all like I had no problem with Diarme did exactly what everything he could do there it was going to the top corner and it was just a really good save but yeah it would it would have been massively would have changed the game if that one went in and um yeah I think yeah it's just it, it would have been it would have been a real test for Liverpool and their mentality and how they could how can they can react to setbacks if we'd have got that because I don't think it's something that's happened a lot to you in home games especially against teams outside the top six where you you've normally got that first goal and gone on to get three or four goals and it would have been interesting to see what happened if if that one did go in but but it didn't and you know it that that was our our one massive chance and we didn't take it so that was a, that was it. Glad you could hit from Diame. Wow! I mean, just it was racing into that top corner. What he he looked like he it, he sort of expected it to sort of nestle there as well. Um, brilliant, lovely shot. Um, from our perspective, there, guy again, Carius has sort of. I mean, it, it's been a bit strange, right? We we've we've played teams that we haven't given up a lot of chances to, and he's just been making sort of one or two saves during the game here or there. He, but he is doing the business at the moment. I mean, I don't think we could ask much more of him. 
that save was just was very very good. Yeah, I, I mean, I probably said this last time I was on the pod. How nice is it to have a keeper who isn't terrible? <laughs> um, <laughs> it, it's lovely. Um, yeah, it's it's nice to be able to trust your goalkeeper. We've not we've not really had that since Pepperena was actually good. I mean, we even had a couple of years of Pepperena being, oh dear. Um, yeah, so Carius is he's definitely now the number one. That save yesterday was it was. It was beautiful. I mean, the fact that he got such a strong hand to it. I mean, sometimes you've well, we've seen we've seen Minule, <laughs> um weak wrists that right into the top corner where you'll probably put it <laughs> into a better, make it even a better finish. Um, yeah, yeah, it was it, that. That's two weeks in a row. He's, he's came up with absolute key saves. I mean, if that game goes one all, it's a completely different game. And if Arnautovic scores that that wonderful chip last last week. Um, that's two different games and that may be four dropped points possibly. Um, obviously you won't know what have happened but these games can spiral into last season Liverpool very quickly. Uh, but yeah, Carrius is he's, he's earning he's earning um, his right to keep the, the number one shirt for this season, next season and bloody future season. I mean, we were talking before we started recording um, about the goalkeeper situation, weren't we? What, what to do if we, if we buy an Allison or whatever? But at, mm. at the moment, I mean, you look at the goalkeepers in the Premier League. David de Gea is probably top. Then you've got Courtois, Lloris, etc. But Carrius is definitely um, making his way to the top of the best of the rest. I mean, the, the goal the goalkeeper situation in the Premier League isn't exactly great outside of the top two, top three. Uh, but Carrius is definitely making his way up the ladder pretty damn quickly. And that, that's great to see because we, we we it's been one of our biggest problems for probably oh god eight eight years nine years feels like that probably feels longer so yeah it, it, it's great to see it's great to see and ho- hopefully it does continue and then we'll have a bigger bigger debate in the summer what to do with the goalkeepers care mm, mm. yeah and and maybe money better spent elsewhere um for that matter so yeah but I, I just want to also make a point here. I don't know if it was just my feed, but it does, did seem like a really special atmosphere at the ground. It felt like Newcastle uh, traveling fans just made it like a really, really good atmosphere. I don't know if that was uh, similarly from where you guys were watching the game from. New, uh, our fans are always good when we go away. I think it's 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 pretty cliche now, and especially with the weather, uh, which didn't really get taken. I think there's a few few Newcastle fans that were traveling. I saw on Twitter were sort of disappointed that they they had to travel, and 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 that maybe not a lot of thought was was given to them, given the sort of snow and everything, that, and the game still went on. But they, the majority of them got there. They made a lot of noise as they normally do, and even. Even though we didn't play that well, uh, we didn't offer that much of a threat and didn't get that much to get excited about. You know, they still made a lot of noise, which, which is part of the course. And I think it's an, another reason that you know sh- just shows how how behind the the supporters are behind Rafa and, and these mm-hmm. players. They, there's no no criticism. <laughs> the only criticism from the stands comes about the owner, and and that was I heard that again yesterday. But you know, it, it I can't fault I can never fault the the people that that do travel for their for their support it's always great and can i ask because there seemed to be three young gentlemen at the ground how like how cold was it because i thought it was like hella cold in england and they just all had their shirts off you've never been to newcastle they don't do (laughs) they don't don't do shirts (laughs) i mean i know i come from the warmer climes but like (laughs) wow 
Oh, I can't wow. believe you just it discovered just... this about Geordies. They don't do shirts at football matches. <laughs> we were just sitting watching the match going like, what on earth is going on? Like, are these... How? Like, the drink antifreeze. That was just very <laughs> admirable. It was just, like, lots of respect. That was amazing. Amazing. But anyway, we, we go on to and start the second half. And very soon after the, the start, you get the Mane goal. Really good finish, but um, but what work from Firmino though? Uh, approach and pass uh, guy. It's just between the three of them, it, it's just some of the goals are just absolute joys to watch. But it, it, what do you? I mean, maybe it's better to approach this goal from the point of what Alan Shearer was saying from a Liverpool perspective. He was saying that every other sort of top four team, if their attackers get injured, they have a problem. Liverpool do not have a problem because if one's injured, if like say Mane gets injured. Salah and Firmino will step up and and do the thing. What do you? How do you respond to that? Um, I think Alan Shearer is wrong. Uh, <laughs> because I don't think he, I don't think he's looked at our bench options that much. Um, if it's probably a bit harsh on Mane, but I think if Mane got injured, it'd probably be the least worrying of the three. But that said, if you look at our bench options, I'll probably backup option would be to put Ox on the wing and then move someone else in the midfield mm. um, and the way Lallana's returned from injury it's not great and uh, Ginny is very in and out of form and all that uh, our midfield goes from having Ox who's a bit dynamic to quickly being um, Chan, Henderson, Milner as you start in three which mm. it, it, Milner's stepped up, Chan's been good, Henderson's been a bit patchy but it's, it's not the same as having um, an inform Oxlade Chamberlain in there, but yeah, it's it's it, it's it's not it's not right. I mean, especially if Salah or Firmino get injured, because Firmino's is the key cog in the system. He creates the space. I mean, you saw it in the in the uh, goal yesterday. He, he dropped deep. He got the ball, played one two with Chan, and then all of a sudden Salah's in acres of space. And yeah, uh, not Salah, Mane's in space. Sorry, um, then Mane's in space. Um, and then he obviously creates the one-on-one situation. Um, but if Salah got injured, then that's a lot of goals to replace in one in one <laughs> bloody player. So yeah, I, don't, I think Alan Shearer needs to look at our bench options before talking about that because there's no there's no like for like. I mean, no, no Tottenham don't have a like for like for Kane. Uh, United, well, they do have one for Lukaku, but they've got their own troubles. Like Aguero. <laughs> obviously replace it with Jesus and stuff like that, but nobody's able to replace their top goal scorer in their club that easily ever. And um, putting Danny Ings on the wing or something like that, it's, it's not really going to cut the mustard to the standards we've seen this season, is it? Yeah. Yeah, no, that's true. I I, I would agree with that. We, it, It's a gamble that we've taken in January. We'll see how that pays off. Um, hopefully it does. We're in, we're in a very decent position at the moment. Jake, from your perspective, that Mane goal, it was a really nice Liverpool move, but uh, could maybe Newcastle have done something to just uh, close the space down a little bit, uh, protect the runs just uh, just in front of that back four, back five? Possibly. Uh, I think it's, pro- it's similar to the first one. You know, you're going to concede chances for that one. I think it's something that Liverpool didn't do enough in the game. They didn't play quickly, and they played quickly for that goal. It was one touch, two touch passing, and it was it was just a really good team goal. And I think most most teams would have struggled to defend against it. Um, there's always one or two things that maybe you could do better, but yeah, it was just the quickness of it. I think is is what what created the goal more so than than any anything else. It was 
if if you pass quickly, you pull players out of position, and it, yeah, it's just difficult to defend against. And someone that you probably should have done more yesterday, and whether that was because we shut it down early enough, I don't know. But that was the the one time it did really click for you and sort of the build up play, and resulted in a very very nice goal. So yeah, I don't mind conceding goals like that. It's the one it's it's the ones that are just individual errors that are just really annoying. And I don't think we made any any massive ones yesterday, so it wasn't too disappointing in in that side of it. Mm. Uh, but that's the thing though Jake right because after the money goal that's 55 minutes right I've got nothing happening in the game (laughs) like nothing at all until the 82nd minute when you know when we'll talk about that uh, the so-called you know shout for penalty Um, and and then I mean if you exclude that like nothing happens until extra time really this is Liverpool are very good at this this is what we do we don't really know how to control a game other than by continually sort of attacking you know we don't really hold it up in midfield or keep it around the defense or anything like that but but nothing did happen and I I mean is that is that also something that Newcastle can just take away and say like we we there was there was we didn't maybe you know we didn't have the ball and we didn't control the game with the ball but without the ball maybe that's the win for Newcastle you know we control the space we control movement and that kind of thing yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think off the ball and defensively, we did very well. I think we are we are one of the the better organised teams outside of of those in, in the top half of the table. I think we do we we are really good at just restricting space, uh, tracking runs, and just just shutting down attacks before they really get built. I think that's something that that Raf has made us really good at, uh, and that was evident yesterday. But I think when it got to two 0 I think Liverpool were probably happy with the scoreline, and we showed no very little to try and get it back we didn't really push men forward we didn't bring on any more attacking players it's very much like for like changes that we made so i think it was just the case that both teams are pretty happy with the way the game was and mm. that's probably why i just stayed at 2-0 i think i think they're probably both happy with the 2-0 and that's that's just why it's sort of fizzled out but yeah very little happened after that after that second goal well guy klopp did not look happy on the sideline he did not look happy in the post-match interview as well he looked like he was he was a little bit he was one irritating question away from ripping off the the presenter's head sort of but certainly during this time on the timeline um on the touchline sorry he was going apoplectic at times at it seemed at liverpool players for just you know um as jake was saying they're sort of just maybe accepting this result and stuff like that is that you know given the importance of the run-in and we might find ourselves in this position a couple times. You know, what's your thoughts on that? Is it a little bit of complacency creeping into Liverpool's game? Do we have to guard against that? Um, I don't think I don't think we're getting complacent. I just think I think he was getting frustrated. I think he felt some of the ref decisions weren't going our way. I mean, I thought I thought the ref was mainly fine until the uh, the last uh, Lascelles incident. Um, but no, I think Klopp. I think Klopp just obviously. He likes perfection, doesn't he? And um, when when the team hasn't really performed at, it, at its best, I mean, we put four goals past West Ham the week before, and then we kind of struggled against Newcastle. Um, I think he I think he just wants to see Liverpool at its best, and we we, we weren't really there. And uh, I think I think the Lascelles incident at the end kind of just blew him over the edge because that was <laughs> that was a sto- that was astonishingly yes. bad refereeing, uh, or, or probably more so the linesman. I think the referee looked for help because he couldn't see. But yeah, um, mm. I think that mm. kind of pushed him over the edge. I think he's been pit- I think he's been angry with the referee since the Everton game, hasn't he? I think that's probably been the problem, and I think that's why. He's probably one of the bigger advocates for VAR in this country. I mean, I think we've seen it in Germany be probably better 
better better used um, than in the FA Cup and stuff like that over here. So I think he's more accepting of it, um, and I think he's I think his relationship with the refs this season has soured a tad. <laughs> Just a little bit, yeah. <laughs> Speaking about refs, there were calls from both sides uh, for penalties, both handballs. Uh, what are you guys' opinions on that? Any of them uh, should have been given? Uh, I don't think neither were pens myself. No, 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 I'd agree. I think it's, it's difficult to handball anything, just touching it on, people appeal for, but I, I think both of those were pretty... If they had been given, you'd have been, felt pretty sorry for whoever conceded it, so probably probably fair that neither were given. Yeah, no, I thought so as well. It just it, it just seems players make such a big deal about it, and then you have to talk about it, but like, I don't know, just, just get on with it, maybe. <laughs> um... Yeah, I mean, do you guys want to talk about the foul on Salah at the end? Because, uh, I mean, I, th- it seemed to be a thing that Jürgen Klopp was really angry about, like you say, Guy. Um, but, I mean, it wasn't really going to change the result. In, in that respect, what's your opinion on it? Is, is, is it a type of, it, it needs to be done because it, it is in the letter of the law and that's what happened? Or, or are you looking back and sort of going, well, it's, it's a 2 0 win, it's not that big a deal? For, for me, I hope, like, I hope the Tottenham game gets rescheduled and then Lascelles keep players within the free game ban that he should have got because a Newcastle team with Lascelles would be more useful for a Liverpool point of view if they are playing Spurs. Um, but yeah, I, I'm ultimately not that arsed. And for you, Jake? Yeah, I mean, it was definitely a foul, but like you said, it was at, at that point, referees probably 2 0 up. The referee probably didn't see the point of causing any. any anything because it's not going to change anything is it i mean if they were enforcing the law to the letter they they would have given a foul on a red card but it doesn't really change anything so and i'm very happy themselves didn't have got any sort of a ban so and i'm very happy that that didn't get given mm. Mm. it sort of reminds me of that um was it which one was it uh, it was one of the city arsenal games i think it was the final where like Wenger's looking at the fourth official and it's like why didn't you give all the <laughs> All the extra time, and he's like, "What were you gonna do, to do something like that? <laughs> like, what? what were you gonna use it for? The, the, the like, that is so harsh, man. <laughs> That's yeah, that is so harsh. But I think there is a debate to be here because um, I think there is a human aspect to refereeing, and I'm not sure we'd like it to be completely taken out the game. But also, like, you know, does they get removed from VAR and is is that still you know is that quite worthwhile because VAR will do everything till the letter of the law and it will be something that refs use so maybe something that we will come up against um, in in sort of future games especially I think it's been confirmed for next season that VAR will be used. Um, I don't think the Premier League's confirmed. Oh, I think, okay. I think the FA have, so I, I imagine that means uh-huh. in, the, in the cups, and I think they confirmed it for the World Cup as well. Okay. I think okay. I'm right there. Um, I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I don't think I saw anything about Premier League as such, right? So, yeah. Looking forward, guys, Jake, I, I've got a question for you. There seems to be a lot of emphasis placed on Slimani for you guys, and and you know he, he's going to come back, and and what's going to happen with that? Um, is that is is that the feeling amongst Newcastle fans? He can he can maybe be the player who sort of gets you over this line. I think so when he signed, but it's not played. He's not been available. It's just, just classic. It just shows what, what lack of 
lack of forward planning was major in the transfer window that we just panicked on the last day and brought in an injured player who's who can't do anything for us. Like it's it's all right laughing about storage going to West Brom and getting injured very quickly, I think. But he's played more for West mm. Brom than we've had Samani play for us. And then one of our games is against Leicester. So I mean he's not gonna play in that even if he is fit. So it's getting to the point where he's literally got six or seven games to, to make impact. It'll be nice to, it'll be good if he can get sort of three or four goals in that time. I think he's he's a massive upgrade on what we have and if, if he had been fit he probably would have would have helped us in a lot of these games that we've had since the January transfer window because we've, we've taken the lead in I think the, the four previous games to this one and we've only won one of them so uh, we we definitely had that we were lacking that ability to kill games off and I think he, he would have added that and mm. a, very good at holding up the, the play and I think I think Rafa wants a striker like we've had Hosselu playing a lot of the games he wants a striker like that and Slimani is, is very similar and, and a lot better so I think it, it was a good signing but he's just not played and um I'm not sure if he'll be back for next weekend against Southampton, but if he's not, then I have I have every faith in Dwight Gale to sort of to sort of do well in his absence. I think bringing a striker in has really pushed him up. He played really well against Bournemouth. He, he played really really well against Man United, even though he didn't score. I think he's he's we're seeing more of the the player that we had last season that. For the first half of the season, he just looked unfit and he did looked like he was lacking a bit of confidence. But he, he seems to be coming back now. And who, if Samani can't get fit, I think Gail is is more than serviceable down at the bottom. Um, so yeah, I think if we if Samani does get fit, I think he's going to be a massive addition. But if not, I still I don't think it's going to make or break our season. Okay, now, I've seen a couple of reports that he might be available for next. For the next game, but <laughs> nothing's confirmed yet. Obviously, I'll stay with you, Jake. Um, at this point, I just wanted to ask you during the game. I mean, are there any players that you want to pick out as having a really good performance or having a you know a particularly disappointing performance from a Newcastle perspective? I think more. It was pretty. Everyone sort of played okay. I think Marino was noticeably bad, but. Um, the the player that I thought played played the best for us was probably Paul Dummett. He made three or four really good tackles. Um, and, and when you've got Salah running at you and you've got Firmino and Mane and, and Chamberlain as well, it's it's very tough to go up against them sort of one on one. And there was a lot of times when he was one on one with 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 Salah and he he got the tackle and he got the block and he, he I think he played really well. I think he's he's got a bit of a unfair reputation of being just a just a pretty average left back who doesn't do anything on the ball but defensively I think you'll you'll struggle to find bet better uh defenders uh at fullback position especially in the lower half of the Premier League I think he's he's well you know we've spoken about Newcastle and a lot of championship players but I think Paul Dummett is definitely one that if he left tomorrow another Premier League club would buy him because he is a very very good defender and sometimes when you are you know fighting against relegation it's it's more important to have good defenders in those positions than it is to have ones that go go forward and I think uh, we've got a good balance in that because Yedlin is, is very good at going forward and he had you know he showed showed his pace and just absolutely uh um burning Robertson at one point which which was quite quite a nice moment but you know he, oh, he did, he's, he, wow he, he just went yeah. past him damn yeah he, he is very quick. I think <laughs> he's one of the quickest players in the Premier League. He, he, that's why we've got that balance. I think that's that's what I quite like about our defence. Uh, we've got Dummett who defends. We've got Yedlin who attacks, and that's that's good. And I think yeah, but Dummett was probably our standout player yesterday. Mm. Okay, no, no, that's cool. For you, guy, um, Ox seemed to be getting a couple of plaudits for his man of the match performance. He looked a bit um, surprised 
when they gave it to him <laughs> post match, um, especially given that he was standing next to Mane. But uh, he he's, he performed well, and also we were talking about this before the pod guy. But maybe as a mention for Lovren, who's you know he's done all right since Virgil Van Dijk has come back to the team and Carius has uh, been between the sticks. Um, yeah, I think Ox is the weird one. I, I mentioned it during during the pod that he had a, he had a big quiet spell um, in the first 30 minutes so I, pr- I probably wouldn't have given him man of the match I think he, w- he was fantastic between the goal and his substitution which I can't remember which minute it was um, but he-, he was very good during that time um, Lovren I-, I don't think he- I don't think he was worth giving man of the match to I think he was good but I think he I think both centre-backs had a quiet game I think Newcastle obviously only had the Diame shot which was um, probably more on Ch- I think Chan kind of tried to block it wrong <laughs> which is probably the slide tackle was the wrong way to do it but yeah um Lovren's been better um since Van Dyke came in but we I don't want to be I don't want to be overly negative because we're in, in good form and stuff like that but we, we've seen this before with Lovren that he, he, I think it started with the Sacco situation them two kind of got a good understanding and one of them got injured and then the cycle kind of started again um we've seen it w- with Matip probably a bit less so um Lovren's had patchy patchy spells and then it takes one mistake to kind of restart the cycle of of rebuilding Lovren's confidence and so forth I think the simpler job you give Lovren I think the better he is and I think that's I think that's fair to say and it's probably the same for any centre-back really um but I think Lovren it kind of it it it, it's more so than any centre back, but yeah, he's he's been better with Van Dijk. I think any any centre back would be better than, with Van Dijk. Um, but man of the match for me yesterday, it, it's a tough one. I don't think anyone was really perfect, and obviously we didn't, we weren't cutting um, Newcastle open at will. I thought Chan was very good. I thought Henderson was was good. Um, I'm not sure if either of them were good enough for man of the match. Um, but it, it's such a weird game. We didn't really cut them open. It I'd, was, I'd probably, yeah. Yeah, I'd mm. probably go for... I know I just said I wouldn't give Chan man the match, but looking back, <laughs> I mean, Chan, Chan blocked two decent chances at the end, and then in the first half when we were struggling, he was creating... He was doing some good passes. I'd probably be go between Chan and Salah, because I thought Chan impacted both both boxes more than anyone else. I'll go with that. I mean, he was sloppy a couple of times. Mm-hmm. But anyway, it, it, it was a weird game. It was a really weird game. It gave man on the match from our perspective. Oh, nice. So looking forward for your team, Jake, uh, you've got a couple of games coming up against teams around you. Is there, I mean, you're actually quite a way up the log. Uh, how, how are the Newcastle fans feeling a, a little bit on edge uh, given this you know the tightness of what's happening down the bottom there or are you fairly okay that you're going to be still in the premier league next season um i've always been fairly confident i think um it is very tight down there but um and it, it's just look at the table now it's it's quite concerning you know with two points off the relegation zone palace are in there at the moment i think most people would agree they've got a a very very talented team and they've probably Outside of their first like eight games, they've been really quite good. So I'd, I'd expect them to to probably climb out of it. And it's is it's yeah, I'm confident. I think we've got we've got Huddersfield, Southampton, and West Brom to play at home before the end of the season. So you know you'd hope to get six a couple of wins out of those. You know we've got Arsenal at home, so you know that's three points in the bag. So we'd have to work <laughs> on that. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I, I think 
Rafa is, is got is, he's got the experience. He he knows what 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 we got to do. And it, we I don't think we've been in a relegation zone too many times this season. Um, I think we had a, a maybe one week we were in there, but that's about it. We've stayed out of it, and that's sort of a sign that you're you're more or less going to be okay. I, looking at the goal difference as well, we, we're a lot better than most of the teams down there. So it's Swansea and Brighton winning the weekend was a little bit disappointing. I think Brighton have moved pretty clear of it now, just moved above Everton, I think, which is actually quite quite funny. Um, wow. But mm. yeah, I, I, th- I think we'll be okay. I think we, we, those three home fixtures we've got, I think, are huge. We've got and we've got Everton and Leicester to play away, and they're the sort of the type of games you want to be playing this time of the season because they've they've got very little to play for. Uh, I think we've got Watford as well. So that although you know they're not. They're, they're a lot harder than us on the table. They've got very little to play for and they're sort of the, the games we can go to. And, and if we put in the, the sort of shift that we have been putting in, we'll probably probably be able to get something out of those. So I think we've got a, a good good set of fixtures. The only one, we the dodgy one we've got is Tottenham away. So that might be similar to what happened at the weekend. But aside from that, you know, we, we, we do have Chelsea and Arsenal at home, but at home against those two teams, you'd, they're, they're, they're teams that you think you can maybe get something out of them. They're not like the, the three teams, I, I think, are the, the ones you don't want to play at are Liverpool, Tottenham and, and Man City. So we, we've done those, we've done all, all of those now. So I think, I, I think we've got fixtures that we should stay up. So I'm, I'm, I'm pretty confident. I'd say I'm about 80% sure we'll stay up. I, I'm, it's difficult to be, you know, you can't be fully certain mm. in this league and in the state of the table. It only, all it takes is uh, a couple of teams to go on a run. But West Brom, I think, are gone, I think. And to finish above, we just have to finish above two two other teams. I think we, we should be able to do that. I certainly hope so. It, it's, it was really nice having Benitez back at Anfield. And to have another, like, top tactician around, like him around is just, good for the Premier League. It's good for the spectacle of it. And from a Liverpool fans' perspective, it's just it's just great to have Benitez around. For us, Guy, we now go away to Europe and then come back to the, I think, if I'm correct, the little matter of uh, Man United, which is <laughs> it's going to be a, a, a bit of a charge game, I think, given you know where the two teams are on the table. What are you expecting for Liverpool over this near term? Um, Porto game, probably be a bit pointless considering what without five nil up. Um just comfortable game, whether that's a draw or a win, whatever. And then then on to the big game, Man United. Oh God, it, it, I hate I hate Jose Mourinho teams. I mean you always I think you always have to predict a ball draw, don't you? Mm. If David De Gea doesn't have an eleven out of ten game, I'd be surprised because he he just does against us, doesn't he? He always does, but he, he's he, a top he goalkeeper does. anyway, though. He just does, yeah. Um, the United game, it, it, it all depends if we can take take the big moment. I mean, if David De Gea has another 11 out of 10 game, as I said, it, it'll probably end up nil-nil. Um, but we, we 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 just all get more Salah the goal in the the ball in the box and he'll do something. <laughs> that's all we that's all we need to do a nowadays. Whole game plan. <laughs> yeah, that's all we need to do nowadays. Um, but yeah, I, I can't I can't imagine it being like a eight goal thriller against United. Put it that way. It'll mm. be a it'll be a horrendous tense affair, and this could be a it's probably our biggest game of the for the rest of the season um, in the Premier League, not not Champions League. Um, in, in probably deciding factor who gets second and so forth, and it's obviously a big step confirming top four. Yeah, so that's a bit of extra spice thrown in there. All right, guys, but thanks so much for everything. That's been a, that's been a nice little pod. I'll give you a chance to do some plugs now. Jake, what have you got going on at the moment? 
Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna following this show. I'm going on the the EPL roundtable, which uh, is the one cool. done by EPL Index. So so give that one a listen. That that will be fun. I also uh, do a lot of writing for for EPL Index and the Boot Room, so they're two sites to check out. Nice. And for you, Guy Drinkle. Um, I was on the preview for the Champions League game against Porto, so if you kind of want a pod where we just talk about the 5-0 win and I talk about Salah's lovely <laughs> goal, um, that's the pod for you, and I'm doing the post-match as well, so you get a week full of me, there you go, how lucky are you? Nice. Hopefully, I'm not, hopefully I'm not as ill as I was in the previous pods, because if you listen to a pod that I was on last week, I sound like Wallace from Wallace and Gromit. <laughs> well, as long as you're on the pods mate we love you we love to have you on the pods so that, that, that's the most important thing <laughs> but no thank you very much to my guests jake and guy it's been it's been quite lovely biggest thanks as always goes out to your listener we'll be back for man united so do catch us for that we will try and have something special lined up for you then till then take care of yourselves bye-bye let's get ready to rumble Y'all ready for this? Sports Social Podcast Network.